Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we're celebrating Halloween in the Big Apple. It's a lie. It's all a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. It's, oh, right. I'm like, what? I didn't lie about anything. It is Halloween, but... <laughs> we're not recording from the Big Apple. <laughs> I saw I saw a regular-sized apple earlier this very day, so... It's true. It's true. If you get the perspective just right. <laughs> Although, even then, we wouldn't be in a Big Apple. We would, be, we would just be in the studio still. But... We're recording live in ATL. <laughs> it's like, it's like Mulholland Drive. Like if you... Oh, really? <laughs> if you open a Big Apple, like that's up in the, in the kitchen and zoom in, you'll find the recently logged studio <laughs> inside of it. Yeah. So don't eat the, the apple because you might destroy the studio. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that's like and Drive. Apparently, I was about to say I wasn't expecting to make a Mahalan Drive reference this early <laughs> on in a Scream Six episode. Uh, but we're back yet again. Our last episode of October on the last day of oh October, my. on perhaps the most significant day of October, besides my <laughs> besides birthday. besides your birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> my birthday was like a whole month ago almost. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but yeah. still, yeah, we're back. We're continuing our Scream series. We're, we're technically finishing our Scream series. For now. Unless uh, a new Scream movie releases, like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just, I was just saying, like, we're not finished in general. Like, if there's another Scream movie, we're yeah, obviously going to talk about we, it. <laughs> we've now covered Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, Scream 5, and now we're talking about Scream Six. Which came out this very year. Whoa. That's crazy. I that's I think that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only one we've seen in theaters. That is true. And it's sad, but true. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, did we miss that much with five? I would have loved to see five in a theater. <laughs> I personally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my name is Robbie. And I'm Micah. And we're going to talk about Scream 6. Let's, uh, let's tell the listeners at home what they need to know about Scream 6. Alright, so Scream 6 is a 2023 film. Its little IMDb description is, In the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. In New York City. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Shout out to Madagascar Jr., the musical. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we made like a niche theater reference on here. It's been too it's, long. It's hiding the fact that I'm a theater kid. Uh, of course, it was directed by Matt... Oh, man, how do you say his name? Bedinelli. Bedinelli Op- Alpen. 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 Yeah. And Tyler Gillette. Yes. As in the razor. <laughs> he owns the razor company, I'm I sure. I don't think that's right. <laughs> Executive producer uh, Kevin Williamson. Yeah. Uh, among others. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's not on the screenplay, unfortunately. But it's written by James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick. Busick. Yeah. And, of course, based on characters by that very same Kevin Williamson. <laughs> we got music by Brian Tyler and Sven Faulkner. Faulkner. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> the cast features the likes of Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, Courtney Cox, Hayden Pantera, and others. 
So many others. So many others. <laughs> Lots of people. There's a lot of Samara weaving in it. Oh yeah, Samara weaving's in it for a couple of seconds. That one guy <laughs> from the Spider-Man movie yeah, is here. Yeah. The guy from Pig. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, or wait, is Alex Wolf in Pig? Alex I... Wolf is wow. in Pig. What are you talking about? Robbie? I tried to make a niche a niche reference and fell flat on my face. Hey, Pig's a great film. Pig's a great film. Go watch, go watch Pig. Yeah, <laughs> unrelated. What but is go watch yeah? It. Tony Tony Revel. Or, or, I don't know how to say his name. Revelori. Le- Revelori. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yes, he he's fun. <laughs> Cinematography by Brett Ju. Oh, man, I remember we Junkowitz. talked. We talked about yeah, Junkowitz. We'll go with that. We talked about this guy because he did the cinematography for Scream Five as well. Yes, and Ready or Not as well from the same directors. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's Scream Six. Anything else you can think of that we should add, Remy? Uh, I don't know. I, it's the sixth installment of the Scream oh, franchise. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, technically, the title of the movie is Scream VI. But, oh, so know, true. Since it's Roman numerals. Forgive me. It's, it's, I've committed crimes well, against no, like, Skyrim you're, and her people. You're supposed to say it's Scream 6 because that's what it is. But like, it typed out it's Scream VI uh, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I hope I hope we get all Roman numerals past this point. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have been nice if we would have gotten a Roman numeral for Scream 5. Right. But anyway. But anyway. <laughs> that's all you guys need to know. Let's get into what we actually think about the movie. Oh, and I forgot to mention, uh, this is the first movie <laughs> that does not feature um, Nev Campbell out Whoa. of the Scream series. Whoa. And this <laughs> makes it, that, that makes it that Courtney Cox... And Roger Jackson, the voice of Ghostface, <laughs> are the only two actors to have been in every Scream movie. So Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell, they have like the R2-D2 C-3PO status in the <laughs> literally, franchise now. Literally. Because is 3PO in Rise of Skywalker? Or um, yeah. R2. Is R2 in Rise yes. of Skywalker? He is? Yeah. They're, I don't... I, I thought I 3PO was it. just like going solo with them, you know? Like... No, I don't remember, remember. Remember, R two D two shuts down because <laughs> yeah. he reads the dagger. Yeah. Oh, like, that's right. That's or not right. the dagger. Something like shuts him down. It might have been the dagger. I don't. But remember it, no, what. it's like right at the very beginning. He's like shut it's down like for him. like all of the movie, <laughs> and then BB eight's like, beep, 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 and he's like, Breathe. that's what I'm talking about. I'm and talking then about C three PO's like, I'm gonna take one last look at my friend. <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that Courtney Cox is the C three PO. She's the C three PO of the of the Scream series. Okay, I feel I feel like that's accurate because I feel like Courtney Cox's interaction with this cast is the same kind exactly. of thing as the I'm taking one last look at my friends oh my when there's goodness. like nobody there who C three PO knows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, literally, um, during the scene where Gail is attacked in this movie, uh, soft spoiler for Scream 6, um, <laughs> I was like, she's the C-3PO of the franchise. Well, we're gonna hard spoil Scream 6, by the way. That is true. That is listener. True. <laughs> <laughs> but Robbie, what did you think of Scream 6? I think, uh, and I especially thought on my first viewing when we saw it in the theater, Ooh. I think it's, I, I thought it was a good time. Ooh. And I really honestly think that that's um, like one of the best things anyone can say about Scream 6 is that Indeed. it's just like really fun to watch. Yeah. 
Because honestly, like in reality, it's a bit of a silly movie. Oh, this is like arguably, <laughs> I think, the most silly like scream movie since like three. three yeah, three <laughs> and this are like the two most absurd scream movies. Uh, but I really enjoy the cast in this one. Like just everyone in the main ensemble is really fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's honestly the big like pull for me. Uh, it does have a bit more of a competent like screenplay than Five does. It has a bit more of a like its own identity as compared to like the Craven entries and sequels and everything, which I admire. So I, I I don't know. I have a good time with it. It's not quite as like good looking as Five is. Like it's a little more. I disagree. Muddy. Really? Yeah. I, well, I talked about this. I think Five <laughs> looks really kind of ugly. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> just saying like it looks like an Apple TV original <laughs> show. <laughs> I don't, I don't get that, dude. I don't know. Like, at least Five has some pop to it, you know? No, Five looks like it's got that glazed over <laughs> look that all, that all Apple TV originals so have. But yeah, I think Six is a little more gray, but it does still have, like, the punchy motion and everything that I like from it, so I, I can't be too upset. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy a lot of the meta stuff in this one. I especially like uh, the cold open of this one a lot. Yeah. It's one of my favorites of yeah. the series. Um, and yeah, I like, I like Chad and the Chad. <laughs> I watch, I watch Scream 6 for Chad. Shout out to Chad in this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I gave it a four out of five. I think every time I watched it, I gave it a four out of five. So yeah, good time. I say certified good time. What about you, Micah? What do you think of Scream 6? What do I think of Scream 6? I think Scream 6 is a really fun movie. Yeah. It's kind of stupid and it and it lacks in a lot of ways, but it's really interesting because we we talked about 5 last time and like it does so much better in all of the things that were kind of lame about 5 mm-hmm. and then also has some weird lame problems that 5 didn't have. Exactly. So, I don't know, it's kind of a mixed bag, but this mixed bag just so happens to be a lot more again competent in its screenplay and like just more fun it's not as repetitive as five yeah and it really feels it feels fresh which i think is really important (laughs) something about five that really bothers me is that it really feels hard in the shadow of scream absolutely Uh, whereas this actually genuinely feels like they're doing something new and something fun with scream i don't think it always works but on the whole like this is (laughs) this is really fun i think the killings are fun i think the cast is fun chad is great jenna ortega (laughs) is great in this um man what else to say i think like the use of locations is really fun and i like how this movie looks a lot i think it's got a nice like a lot more spooky season vibe Mm. than scream 5 scream 5 is bright and ugly and gray (laughs) and this one is just a lot more rich and kind of it's shadowy warmth i can see an argument for it yeah um my biggest problem with it, if I'm just summing it up real quick as my last thing, is just that the ghost faces are arguably some of the lamest we've ever gotten. <laughs> and all everything around its meta stuff is a little weak, just like five. But it's still just it's just fun. There are so many great set pieces. I gave it a four out of five as well, I think every time I've seen it. Yeah, I, I think honestly, like, I, I don't know, a lot of people I know are kind of down on it. Um, but like, even amongst the people I follow, everyone agrees that it at least is a good time, you know? 
Uh, but yeah, uh, is there a question you wanted to start us off with for like a g- more general discussion? Well, first I was going to say this in this latest <laughs> review I did for the movie, my review was simply a very unserious film because <laughs> this film that maybe we'll talk about that first, okay. just how goofy this film is, <laughs> because there are so many like even way more so than five. Five has this weird like kind of almost like stuck up feeling to a lot of its goofiness. Yeah, it's almost, I don't know, Five is almost melodramatic. It's like teetering on melodramatic. Yeah, this thing is just, they were just being, they they were goofing in this movie (laughs) when they wrote this. I don't, like, the characters and the choices that they make and just a lot of the line deliveries and... Like again, um, man, why do I? Why am I losing her name? We just watched the film. I couldn't remember her name right after we watched the film. Mindy. Mindy. They say it like three times in the whole film. <laughs> Mindy has like prescience during the entire film. She's just like, hmm, yes. <laughs> and there are just like some dumb moments. I think it's really funny in like the apartment, like kind of set piece with the ladder and everything and they're going across <laughs> yeah like annika has been see i remembered annika, annika. <laughs> i remember annika but not mindy <laughs> annika has been like stabbed like really bad and has been like cut up through the stomach right and is like bleeding out and they're like yeah sam you go first sam, across go. the ladder not annika it seems like you should have gone Annika, Mindy, Sam, very clearly. It's just a lot of, there's a lot of really silly moments like that um, that kind of make this just a goofy film to watch. Yeah, and the fact that they like recite every plot point to you before it happens is right. also a little a little <laughs> silly. Like it kind of works sometimes, and other times it just feels a little on the nose. You're like, okay, guys, calm down a little. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think that I think I don't love a lot of its uh, like meta stuff in that aspect. Mm. Just like I don't know the the whole new rules again. <laughs> like I I just this one isn't had... quite as cringe inducing as five though. Yeah, but it seems ridiculous to me that you have like new rules. It's a requel rules, and now we're like, no, it's a franchise. It's franchise now. rules. It's not a requel sequel. <laughs> it's a franchise. I'm like, what? And they're like, it has completely new rules. And then they go on to, like, not follow those rules. <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing. Because yeah. one of the things that they mention in the new rules spiel is that, like, main characters are now expendable. Whoa. Legacy characters? Throw those babies in the garbage can. Right. <laughs> think about Luke Skywalker. Oh, uh, but then, like... Not a single legacy or main character dies. Dude, like none of the main cast dies. <laughs> Even though they really, so really seems like they should. Chad gets stabbed like 25 times. Right. And they, oh he's goodness. just like, he's like alive by the end somehow. Right. He's like conscious in the final scene. They he's leave like, him yeah, there like... for probably like 30 minutes before any medical attention can get to him. So uh. he's sitting there stabbed over and over and over again. And for like 30 minutes bleeding out on the floor 
And then he's like, no, he's fine. Yeah, I was reading some <laughs> reviews and they were like, my suspension of disbelief only goes so far. And honestly, I think that this is like the worst offender in that sense, like in the Scream oh, for franchise. Sure, yeah. People are just getting stabbed left and right with almost no consequences. Yeah, literally. Which is crazy. Even, well, even to, to go back to the legacy character thing, we have Gale in this. Apparently, apparently Nev Campbell did not want to come back as Sydney because they were going to pay her quite a bit less than any of the other amounts she took for a Scream movie. You know, understandable i was about to say which is understandable like yeah she's, you pay pay her yeah pay, pay her she's she's sydney prescott <laughs> i'm not sad that she's not in this movie because i don't really like we said with scream 5 i'm we didn't really want them back in the first place yeah like not that i don't like <laughs> sydney it's just like these are not their movies yeah and their presence kind of leaves a weird shadow especially on five. Oh yeah um this is much less so but, you know, Gail's still here, briefly, and they're like, yeah, legacy characters are here to die. She's like, <laughs> her and Kirby, only two legacy characters here, to, to memory. Yeah. And Gail goes through this big thing. She gets stabbed twice. <laughs> only twice. And then she's like, oh. Uh. And they're like, again, if you look at Chad, stabbed 25 times, he's fine. And then Gail, like, she acts like she's, like, almost dead. And then she's fine anyway. Don't well, worry. yeah. When, Don't like, worry about it's it. It's kind of ambiguous as to whether or not she's going to live. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, they called the hospital called. She's fine. Well, same with Mindy. <laughs> Mindy gets stabbed on the on the subway. Right. And she gets stabbed she like hard, four dude. or five yeah. times is again sitting there like bleeding out on the subway. And sure, you have what's his face like getting her help. But like off screen, they're like. Mindy and Gail are fine in the hospital. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, like, nobody dies in this film. The only people who die are, like, some people unrelated Random to New anybody. Yorkers, yeah. And Annika and... Uh, Anyone else? Does anyone else die? Other than random people, like, a named character... <laughs> Does, is it only Annika? I, maybe, dude. We just finished watching the movie. I honestly can't think of someone else. Yeah, which is which is crazy from this. Like, does anybody else? A lot of people get stabbed. A lot of people get stabbed. But yeah, that's that's a really weird vibe that this movie brings, especially being that ghost face in this. Like, think of, think about that too. There are three <laughs> ghost faces in this one. It's the only one with three, and yet it feels like the least dangerous movie in the screen. Because well, the knife, the knife feels like. I don't know. I'm not actually a big fan. I don't know if it's just like their direction specifically. Mm. I'm not the biggest fan of how they go about like the a lot of the killings in these movies. And I think this movie kind of highlights something like just a specific way. Anytime they have like they're really like grr, 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 like really really fast stabbing, which they did with <laughs> Richie's death two and five. Yeah. But that like just wah 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 wah. Yeah. It feels especially being that there's not the consequences ever to like match that besides <laughs> with Richie and was really any Sa of sam's kilt i don't know why it works so well for sam but not any of the ghost faces right. but this like insane flurry of stabs just does like nothing to anybody people are knife immune in this series which it, has always been the case like don't yeah. don't get me wrong this isn't a new <laughs> thing in scream 2 dewey gets stabbed like 45 times i know but like you know he sustains some injuries from movie to yeah movie, he's got like least. a permanent limp yeah. and like uh, you know stuff I don't know. Maybe who knows? Who knows? In Scream Seven, our whole cast may be 
I was about to say in seven, like just everyone is like slightly crippled. Yeah, <laughs> because just, they were just stabbed multiple. They're times. just all like, mm, well, <laughs> sure hope that that ghost face doesn't come for us again because right. now we're at a big disadvantage. Right. So no, it's just a weird thing that this movie has going, and I totally see it being like a weird suspension of disbelief <laughs> issue. Yeah. No, it it is strange. Um, I don't know. I generally like the killings in this movie. They're like, I fun. think they're fun. But, but yeah, you're right. They don't have. They don't feel punchy at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. A lot of that. It feels more like an action scene than like. Yeah. A well, like scene. that's what I'm saying by punchy. I don't yeah. mean like not like that the violence yeah, is has inherently like a, punchy. Yeah, it has a good punch to it. Um, it's just not. It's like, not like scary. Yeah, it's not like viscerally <laughs> punchy or even as much like gross punchy. Mm. There's even some like gross moments in here, but I think most of like the the grossness in this is saved for the opening stuff which doesn't That's really have anything to do with the rest of the film yeah the opening is just like raising the stakes a little to get us started which, you know that doesn't matter that it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the yeah. film i think it's a great opening i love the um, opening so much like i mentioned i remember it in theaters when we watched this <laughs> film and what's his face what was his name like jonas or something i don't remember <laughs> jonas yeah, it starts with a J, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to check. You, you he, <laughs> he takes off the mask in the alley. Yeah. And, like, everybody was like, <gasps> what? Because yeah. they, like, revealed his face immediately. That, yeah, that and was everybody, great. And that was, that was a really fun little subversion in the opening. Jason. Jason. Right, it's, right. Like I said, it started with a J. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when he took off his mask... Which would be like it did. It did make me think this time around. Like, what if the, he had just been Ghostface, and they that just did like crazy. a thing where they just revealed where who he knew. was. We know who he is, but the rest <laughs> of the people that would be very hard to balance. Right. I don't think people would be happy with that because it would kind of destroy the <laughs> key whodunit of Scream. Yeah, the whodunit tension of the movie, which is kind of a big piece would, of the DNA of dude, Scream. I would be really interested to see that like work, like to see someone do that in a Scream movie. Right. That's <laughs> very crazy. interesting. But yeah, do you have a do you have another question though? That was just kind of following the trail of how goofy this film is. Um, I guess we can just hop to the thing that bothers me about the movie the most, which sure. is the ending. Like, what do you yeah. think of the ghost face motivations in this one? How it's revealed? How the like actual finale plays out? Um, just any any sort of yeah, thoughts. Yeah, that's about a that's a lot to faces. that's a lot to touch on. It but is, yeah, it is. the ghost faces in this one are just kind of kind of lame. <laughs> They're like Amber and Richie were kind of lame as well. Oh, but they, they were. were but they were fun. Exactly. Like that's the thing, and I claimed this last time, and I'll still claim that they are like easily the most fun duo of ghost faces since Billy and Stu. Nowhere I mean, near as good as Billy and Stu. Yeah. But like just the two actors. The yeah. two characters, Amber and Richie, are fun characters. That's what honestly they are. What I look forward to when I watch Scream Five exactly. again. Like, <laughs> like they are fun. Uh, I would not say the same for these for this cast. There's su- <laughs> there's such a weird thing that they do in this movie too, and the fact that and it kind of I think it hurts a lot of the whodunit kind of mystery of this film because this mm-hmm. is I think the least mystery feeling of any of them. Because there's not really I think that they, many people well, that they, it could be. What they do with it too is they they pretty early on cut off like most of the them from the film Mm -hmm. the cop guy is still in it for quite a bit but he's kind of (laughs) lame and then they act like what's her face died really early on in the film and then nobody halfway and nobody nobody trusts well she wasn't in it much before she was just there as kind of a bit character and same with the other guy 
I don't remember <laughs> either of their names because they're not that memorable. The but other like guy. Dream Kid, um, he, like literally, it's Dang. just like he's not in it much because they don't trust him, so he's just not there. Yeah, he's kind of fun at least. Like his character's kind of funny. Yeah, but he's not a memorable he's presence got, really. Yeah, he's got like a couple fun lines. It's like. <laughs> They feel like, both of them feel like bit characters. Yeah. Which is really weird for them to be then like your ghost faces. And I don't know if that was just a try and to subvert your expectations more. But I think it, in the long run, kind of hurts the whodunit of the movie. Well. By not really being like, I'm not invested in them as characters. So it's not an interesting mystery, like the, the like reveal that exactly. they're the killers. And I don't think it makes for a compelling, like, I think it makes the story a lot less compelling as a mystery. Yeah, I was going to make a comparison to Scream 2, who has, like, that movie has a, like, similar issue yeah. that it tackles a lot better. I was about to say Scream 2, I mean, which is kind of goofy that this movie is, is quite <laughs> a bit similar, similar to Scream 2, yeah. which they acknowledge even in the film. Yeah. But, I don't know, yeah, Scream 2 handles it a lot better. Again, Scream 2 also has pretty unmemorable ghost faces mm-hmm. as well. Um, with a like of again very similar family of somebody who was <laughs> yep. killed with one parent and what what is who is the other guy I don't he's not related to to Billy's mom he's just a guy I, I think is he just a guy? I don't remember <laughs> it's been a bit since I've watched Scream too right but yeah and that kind of leads into the finale feeling kind of lame because mm. you have all of these characters I think the cop reveal is fine. But you have all of these characters who just haven't been in the film that much. So you haven't had time to build, like, any theories about them or see much of their motivation. Yeah. And then they come out and they're just like, yeah, our motivation is because you you killed Richie. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, and (laughs) it's not uncommon to have, like, a ghost face monologue. It's in every movie. Oh, yeah. Um, But this one is just, like, they're giving you a lot of information right at the end. Right? They're like, Richie did this and this and this. I was like, we didn't even, like, the film that Richie was in didn't feel so inclined to tell us all of this about Richie. (laughs) Well, and again, that one also has the problem where Richie's pretending to be someone else the whole movie. Yeah. So, like, they can't give with his character yeah no like that's fine but like they kind of like shot themselves in the foot by making it about some like related by making it related to richie like they kind of make it to where they have to give you all of the information afterwards yeah and it kind of follows that thing and it's really i think my biggest issue with scream as a series literally like my biggest issue for the entire thing (laughs) is not a single one of them knows what to do with ghost face motivations past the first two (laughs) The first uh, one was fun. Like, the whole thing was that they didn't have a motive. Exactly. That was cool. That was really <laughs> fun and inventive and exciting. Two was still fun because, like, it was, like, I don't know, it was interesting to have Billy's mom and random guy. And it was less about, like, specific motivations and it just made for a cool setup. But three is, like, the oh, worst goodness. motivations. It's, like, a weird, like, Four revenge Four laughable motivations. <laughs> Five laughable motivations. Six laughable motivations. Like, they just don't know how to write a ghost face anymore that doesn't, like, because they're like, oh, it's got to... They're, they're racking their brains thinking about the rules set up in the other <laughs> screen movies. They're like, it's got to connect to the other... 
uh, Ghostface and it's got a uh, Woods Woodsboro, Woodsboro. and uh, <laughs> just write Sydney. on a big whiteboard Woodsboro <laughs> question mark. and they're just like racking their brains of how they're gonna make all of this work and like the only things that they can ever come up with is just like they're it's somebody who is mad about somebody else dying yeah and it never really works quite as well as the first two yeah no it's it's a bit weak I I will say and like I said the finale is my it's it's simultaneously pretty fun and like my least favorite part of watching the movie. Yeah, I think the actual set piece is fun. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a fun set piece, but like all of the actual plot stuff that happens during that part of the movie is like kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's you know? this really funny moment. Again, it goes for on how unserious this film is. There's like a tiny little little subplot going in, a little tension, a little character drama Whoa. about Tara being like Sam when are you gonna when can i go and be on my own, be on my own. <laughs> i got the whole world to see um and sam wow. sam's like very very overprotective and worried about yeah her that's her whole arc but then again like movie. it doesn't really seem that she is that overprotective because tara like in this movie seems like she does maybe need some protection right she is not dealing with it well yeah and her strange. friends do help her out at the party because, yeah because tara's like whole arc over the course of this movie movie is realizing that she needs to accept help from people <laughs> yeah which is no i think that's a fine arc cool, for, yeah. for tara but for sam it's a little weird <laughs> yeah and then you have this really goofy moment in the finale of the film where and, i can't believe they actually did it like, without like acknowledging it somehow Tara has like f- f- half fallen off the balcony <laughs> and sam's holding on to her there's blood all over her hand and she's slipping and then what's her face is coming towards sam with a knife and what's his face is waiting i don't remember any of these characters we just watched the film i don't remember their names is waiting down below and he's like ah yeah <laughs> let me at her let me at her uncle scooby <laughs> um and tara is like the music like swells into a serious moment and she's like you sam ha- you have to let me you go. have to let me go <laughs> and i'm like what robbie this time around was literally like i can't believe they actually did the you have to let me go moment <laughs> it's so like ridiculous i don't know what they were thinking with it well it's funny because like scream movies are cliche a yeah, lot of the time that's but, part like, of the like they usually like tip their hat to it at least a little bit and they just they play it a hundred percent straight in this movie and it's so funny which is so like and it <laughs> yeah it just continues like i mentioned to like build up this vibe and i think it like it works a little bit more than how even we're describing it because mm-hmm. we're making it no, sound it like that's like a, a it has like a fun charm i was about to say it, we're I making think. it sound like that's a hundred percent bad thing and it's not no, because it, it gives this i was about to say it kind of works with this film far more so than whatever five is doing and five's trying to be more tongue-in-cheek with it mm-hmm. um so maybe this was a good thing but like it makes it just feel like i said a very it makes it feel like a very unserious film well the thing is these both the movies play sam and tara's drama like their interpersonal drama very straight um and it just works a lot better in this one than yeah the to- like the weird tone of the other one you get a lot of funny <laughs> things though like you mentioned this when we were watching it where you'll cut from like a little bit of like a goofy scene <laughs> and then it'll cut to like a like a, a like just a completely <laughs> somber, somber shot. still <laughs> shot sam. of sam like flooded in like a sea of gray somewhere. brooding <laughs> over in the corner and you're like oh yeah 
There's Sam. Yeah, Sam is a lot more, like, I, I think, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not relatable, but, like, I, I can empathize with she's her. She's a lot a more, lot. like, human yeah, in this exactly. film. Just she's, the way she's a lot written, more fleshed out. A lot more. Well, Taro's the same way. I mean, yeah. We mentioned that in Five, that Taro is, like, weirdly not in Five much. <laughs> Taro gets, like, injured and is just occasionally in a scene in Five. Which, you know, I think Five was a, was a prophecy for characters being able to survive. <laughs> like the the films really easily because like again she is a person in the opening of typically five. yeah following the formula she would have died in the opening of five yeah. but she doesn't <laughs> but yeah so like i think i think tara and sam are improved in this film i think they're Absolutely. really fun to watch again chad and like even mindy chad and, and like mindy the, are way the more whole fun, friend yeah. group here is just really fun and they make this work so well and that's kind of what we mentioned with when we were talking about five is like it's a great as as kind of trouble as it is it's a great stepping stone to allow this film to really flourish its ensemble Mm -hmm. no it's weird because like when we revisited five i hadn't seen it um i think since i had watched six or at least it had been like a a few months or something um and i was watching it i'm like i really just don't like mindy that much in five (laughs) and i'm like that's weird because i love her in six yeah she's so much fun in six because like she's just kind of like grating and like always just like mocking people in five and it's really like really it grates on my nerves they try they try and do randy but like it just doesn't work as well because that's not the tone that the movie has like randy is like the way the characters interact in the first scream which again kevin williamson is like a master of making character character, like work and dialogue work really uniquely but if you go back and watch the original scream the dialogue in it is like crazy with how the really good because there's constant (laughs) tensions being thrown out by all of the characters exactly there's like this really unique vibe of like unease even among all of the friend group that's yeah that's Um, the scream 2 thing i was bringing up where like you don't quite trust anyone in the ensemble whereas the old Scream. whereas in five (laughs) like they don't they don't really you don't really have that vibe at all in, in five and yet you still have mindy as like a randy style character constantly like sending judgmental remarks to everyone exactly you never i i don't know i never once thought it would be mindy where in like the first screen movie i'm like yeah, yeah it, could it could be, be randy, exactly dude. it could be randy <laughs> Very easily um which is part of what makes randy's character work but again we're not talking about five but here in six she's not really like that yeah. which is very cool i think her character works a lot better in this and she like i don't know like they're just fun Right? Tara's fun. Chad's Chad's a blast in this. We keep sa- so we keep great. just saying Chad is great. Like we're not elaborating anymore. But like, do we even need to? He's Chad. I was about to say I like actually care about the romance between Tara and yeah, Chad, which is I was so about strange. to say that's a really that's a really cool detail. Yeah. Um. And I was I was actually really upset in theaters when it looked like Chad was totally definitely a hundred percent going to die. He's done so many times. Because because like I genuinely did. I was like, yeah, Tara like Tara and Chad. Yeah. This is cool. They have good chemistry. I like both of those characters. They're like fun, interesting, engaging characters right. who have a unique dynamic. And all of them blend like all, I think that's the big thing. Like all of their dynamics just blend together in this really well. Like in with the with the quote unquote core four in this, <laughs> yeah. as they as they jokingly put, like They've now been in a film together, and I think something about that 
gave the writers the ability to write them in a little bit of a better way. Yeah, or just something. kind of, they didn't feel like they needed to be quite as, like, vague and mysterious about everything, you know? Like, they can just let the characters be themselves. Yeah, let the performances kind of speak for themselves in a lot of ways. Yeah. And just have, like, a lot of fun with them. Because in, in 5, they do a really bad job at, like, teasing who Ghostface will be. Because they're like, ooh, it could be anyone. But, like, ooh. they don't really give, like, a great motive for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so it just feels, like, unnecessarily vague. <laughs> when it, like, I'm like, I want to get to know these people. And in 6, <laughs> I finally do, you know? Right. So, no, yeah, that, that works really well on... Like, the cast and, like, the ensemble is great for Scream 6. I did want to mention, though, while we were on, like, specific characters, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to, to look a little bit further at Sam. Mm. Um, because there's still some just, like, weird stuff about Sam. Yeah. Some troubling stuff. Because <laughs> I think she's a she's an interesting character. I think she's a lot more fun in this movie. Absolutely. She's not as much, like, again, she's a lot more human and like because she actually has characterization. Like, stuff to do in this right one. <laughs> she acts a little bit more like a person in this one and you know she has like her own life yeah <laughs> which like, we don't really someone. which we don't really get to see and i mean she's dating I mean, richie she's dating in the first richie, one but like, but like we don't really get, we don't to, get to see, see them, like hanging sam out. <laughs> operating much as a person like mm-hmm. a, just like a, a like average not under stress and extreme exactly. situations person yeah um so we get some of that in this which is cool but it's still really weird, like just a really weird tonal thing, especially to throw into the Scream movies when the Scream movies never really had that going for it. And like the weird kind of problematic tropes of horror. Yeah. It's a throw in yet again. Like, again, we've mentioned last time Sam having like mental illness issues and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, which are very take... much like directly addressed. Yeah. But... <laughs> but like, it's this weird thing. Like she's a fine character. And if again... My opinion will change on this vastly. <laughs> I cannot believe so really, many people yeah. are like, oh, Sam should be the killer no. in Seven. That is the worst thing you I've could say. I've heard that a couple times, oh, and it makes me terrible. shudder to think. If that happened, I will change everything I'm saying right now. But yeah. I was going to say, at least, like, she is a, a fine character, mm-hmm. and they haven't done anything, like, egregious with her. But it's still really weird and kind of tonally bad to have your, like, character... <laughs> you're one character with like a strong mental illness Mm -hmm. that she needs to take medication for and that she struggles with which is a normal thing to do yeah and have her be be troubled with being a serial killer yeah i don't know it it it, like i like you said it depends a lot on where they take her character but like but so far they've been they've been (laughs) like they've been inching towards like Mm -hmm. really a problematic trope to be sure yeah like and in general i think it already is a little problematic just to have her like again it almost like just through subtext implies that the only reason she has like any issues at all is because she's billy loomis's Mm -hmm. kid and like it's really it's not great yeah it it gives me it gives me an ick kind of vibe which Which is is, yeah and that's so weird it's part of the reason i haven't i wasn't able to get on board with sam in the first movie and it's it's not quite as like pronounced in this one because like i don't know in the first one they're like playing up like what if she's Ghostface? Exactly, Whoa, that's exactly. crazy. And in this one, that's not quite as, like, that's not a thing, really. Yeah. Which makes it a lot more palatable, but it's still a bit questionable. Yeah, it's, just, it's sure. just weird when you have these scenes where Billy appears and he's like, yeah, let's be serial killers. That's yeah. who you're meant to be. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, like, one of the biggest criticisms I would throw at, like, 
just in general making Sam the main character and going about writing her that yeah, way. Yeah, and it's you know? really, it's really feel, it feels weird for this because uh-huh. again, that's not something that Scream to like has ever really run into. Exactly, and in like. In 2023, <laughs> right. this is what we're doing with yeah, our no, horror movie? It feels a little regressive, which is weird. Yeah, I don't know. And it's not like, it doesn't feel like it's common, like a commenting on anything. Because again, part of what makes Scream work is it, it, it does play into all of the cliches of mm-hmm. horror. But it's supposed to play into the cliches of horror movies at the time. <laughs> and like, again, make fun of them and also use them in a really unique and like actually good yeah, way. Yeah, like use them That's well. like the magic of Scream. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to memory, this isn't like a thing yeah. in, in, in modern horror around. Again, I, I mentioned this and I, I don't think I actually said it in the podcast, mm. but I mentioned this outside of the podcast that I think one of the issues Scream 5 and 6 have is that slashers aren't a big genre right now. Exactly. Like there just aren't very many slashers straight up. And it's like, funny because we have like an anti-slasher in bodies, bodies, bodies almost. Yeah. Like, um, but like that's like the only example I can think of literally, that's modern. <laughs> like when 1, 2, and 3 came out, there were a lot of slashers. They were mm-hmm. like in their heyday practically when scream 4 came out it was like the remake slasher era literally like (laughs) just they they joke about it we talked about it in our scream 4 episode they joke about the fact of just how many like slasher (laughs) remakes remakes there are in the in the 2010s and 2000s (laughs) but in this again they had issues with it in the fifth one where they're like uh jordan peele right the babadook yeah there's just not really like a schlocky horror scene nowadays which yeah. there starts there's starting to be like a bit of a oh yeah it's, horror now, horror right? in general like this year yeah. has started to really like kind of get some some juice to it exactly or yeah. horror feels like it's coming back in a big way this year yeah but even then like it's not as much of like slasher so there's really not much for scream six to like grab on yeah which is fine you have an entire the same way yeah you have an entire series of stuff you can work with um five did the worst thing (laughs) by like just hodgepodging everything they could think of into it and being like uh it's a modern movie. Uh, modern uh, Reddit. Requel Reddit. Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Is this Ryan anything? Is this, is, is this anything, guys? Let me know. Um, whereas this one doesn't do that as much. It, it has like a lot weaker references to anything like yeah. that. It, which it's, is which it's I think is, stuff is like hardly there. Which honestly. I think is all the better for this specifically. Mm-hmm. But again, it makes it even more weird tones to have Sam written in the way that she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit strange, for sure. I don't know. <laughs> Again, a lot of this is contingent on where they take, like, the final movie in the trilogy or quadrilogy. We don't know. Yeah, I was about to say, because, again, there's nothing egregious about how they present Sam's character. If anything, she's a lot better in this one than Absolutely. she was in the first Yeah, I'm a five. lot more... Yeah, f- her characterization in five makes me kind of uncomfortable, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. It's just odd. I just wanted to bring it up because it certainly is something that for me personally hangs over the film and mm-hmm. it hangs over five a lot more. Absolutely. But it's it still does. it's still here in this one. Yeah. Very strange thing to be in a Scream movie, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is the point of that? Which not everything has to have a direct point. But like, <laughs> you, you know, when you're writing in something that can like, especially that, that kind of works along with a problematic trope, at least have a point to it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's strange. I you mentioned the like stabbing scenes earlier, like all the attack scenes, and it is very action movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I was actually. On it. I was actually going to ask, like, as a as a as my next question, I was going to ask if you had a favorite uh, killing, Ooh. a favorite stab. Oh goodness. Um, honestly, maybe can we? Can I just like count the opening as one? Well, no, because I was going to say the opening, so <laughs> um, you can't do that. Um, so okay, we'll do this. It's favorite non-opening, st- like murder, because clearly, like the opening. Like I guess technically, quote unquote, three. It's two kills. <laughs> it's the two opening, kills, the yeah. opening two kills. I think are the best of the movie. Yeah, they are. They have the best setup. They have the best staging. They have the like most fun ideas. I think. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying. I almost, I almost kind of wish. Trying to think. We straight up just had the film that they killed off at the beginning of this <laughs> with, uh, with Jason and Greg, the two film students, like um they they killed their film professor and everything like that's so fun yeah like i don't know i kind of wish we had that movie but you know it is what it is also because i just think that actor is really fun right he's the best (laughs) i wish he he needs to be in more stuff literally he's great um yeah favorite what is uh, who again who else dies yeah i'm trying to even like Um, think of another one it's not technically like a killing scene because again they're much more staged as like action scenes it's almost like (laughs) <laughs> that's funny i was gonna say it's almost like how john wick paces out its action scenes <laughs> it is less it less is. less amount obviously <laughs> but like it's kind of like our characters who are threatened going from location to location where danger might follow them or they might run into danger there mm-hmm. and it could happen all around them so it's kind of more of like thriller-y than like a horror set piece yeah um because i think but i think out of those i think i'll go with my favorite ooh, <laughs> I have two that I've kind of got it narrowed down to. Okay, I mean there aren't that many in them. But I think I'll I think I'll go with the 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 bodega one. I was actually gonna say the bodega. That feels like the, besides like the opening and maybe I don't know some other scattered stuff. Like that feels like the defining like set piece of the movie. Yeah, is the bodega. I think it's really fun. I it think it's really well unique. staged. Yeah, it feels unique to the movie. It feels really yeah well staged. We and get Ghostface with a shotgun. Yeah, Ghostface with the shotgun. What more do you need? And I think that movie looks. I mean, not that 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 scene looks really crisp. It does. There's something about that. It's one scene. of the more visually sharp. I was scenes. about to say they used it in the trailers a bunch, <laughs> but I like when we anytime we watch that scene, I'm like, mm, this looks good. Yeah, and dude. Even though it's mostly gray too, like it's like white and gray <laughs> as most of your setting, but I'm just like, yeah, it makes this specific Ghostface pop in a really unique way. I was about to say that is honestly when Ghostface feels the most intimidating out of like the whole movie because it's a it's a much smaller space they shoot it with a lot more intentional like visuals um you get some dutch angles you get a lot of like very shallow depth of fields but even even then though it's really <laughs> funny it's more a jurassic park style like scary scene <laughs> right than uh than like a horror movie and you know someone brought up that um ghostface feels like superhuman in this one again where like he's just like he, he feels like if you if he punched someone they would probably die or something you know like he just like he even well, more so than getting stabbed like he just feels like he's like insanely powerful in this well one. that's well that's the thing that's so tonally dissonant about ghostface in mm-hmm. this is he feels that way and you have like a bunch of like goofy sound effects when he's like swooshing around places Dude, and he feels he jumps over the couch he feels even like larger like he just feels big yeah. in this movie 
but at the same time it goes back to that problem like we said where like there's like no there's no consequences yeah there's no like real nobody dies yeah he feels like insanely powerful and yet he can't seem to kill anyone exactly like he's like this huge <laughs> it's like if like man what's a good example like if hannibal lecter <laughs> from silence of the lambs just couldn't quite finish anybody <laughs> right, off right like he would try and he would like be really scary and do a good job and then he would just be like they just wouldn't die and he'd be like oh darn nah. what can you do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just like that kind of thing that's a kind of a dumb example but like where it's like there's just this really powerful presence of a character who just doesn't do anything yeah they kind of fail <laughs> but yeah bodega Probably, probably yeah. a second best. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say my second pick would be the apartment the apartment set piece. The apartment yeah, it is fun, I will say. It goes on a bit long. Like it's it, it's a bit long in like some weird spots, I think. <laughs> but like I don't know, it's it's generally well paced and like pretty fun. But here's why uh <laughs> it's actually the worst set piece of the entire movie because uh it wasn't tim robinson in the back oh my goodness yeah for i think you should leave fans tim robinson has a voice cameo in yeah. this movie so what's her face uh the the one ghost face yes why do i i cannot remember her name for literally anything quinn <laughs> quinn uh in this one of one of the boyfriends <laughs> she has in this film is is Tim Robinson's voice. If yeah. you if you hear it, like it's oh clearly his voice. But then, and I swear <laughs> it's still him in that scene for the shower stuff. Like I don't that think sounded, it is. It might not be, but like well, it I mean, when have. when they show the actor, well, it's no, clearly no, not him. clearly not him. Yeah. I was thinking it might be his voice still. Oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then they show the boyfriend like dead in and the bathtub, and it's not Tim Robinson. <laughs> Could you imagine? Maybe they thought he would look too goofy, but this is a goofy movie. Dude, if I, I would have cheered in the theater, I, literally, if I would have seen Tim Robinson murdered in the bathtub in a scream movie, that would have been the. It would have been hands down the best scream movie. They should bring him back okay my pitch for scream seven he's he's mad that his one night stand was murdered and he comes back as ghost only only acceptable that's terrible motivations but oh, only suck. acceptable because it's tim robinson he needs to be it's like full-on i think you should leave bit character exactly that would be amazing We're no writing... what, if, what if he's like just doing his own thing like it's he's not the main ghost face he's just he just he's like, like a side one person. he's like yeah. a side ghost face that would be a red herring ghost face oh my gosh. he like turns himself in by the end of the film exactly oh my gosh hire me hire oh me we're writing seven. a film for you guys <laughs> that that's what it should be forget whatever weird christmas script you're working Dude, on you would get all of the millennial like you know 20 30 something guys on literally for Scream 7 they would so be fast. there <laughs> they would be in in seats <laughs> seated for tim robinson uh, we yeah we just we we just made you a mi- yeah you know scream 6 <laughs> lost money we just gave you why your next Scream 7 would make money. I think we're you talking, should leave Scream 7. We're talking billions in the box office. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Tim yeah. Robinson, Scream 6, great stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that was, I think in general, that's also a fun set piece because I think it has actually some tension though. Yeah, yeah. Which I think like some actual like scary tension because you have the setup where like, 
apartment guy next door sees them like sees yeah. Ghostface come in and is trying to warn them shout out to and apartment guy he's, he's, fun. he's fun he's great <laughs> i love how he's like the most normal person in any of these movies just a very understanding and so, like sensible guy like he's like yeah yeah again like i was so <laughs> gonna be annoyed if he like when i watched this the first time when they're like sorry we don't really know you that well so you're not gonna come into our final like set he'd piece. be like upset about it that he would something. be like what why you don't trust me <laughs> and so he's just like okay yeah, yeah that, that makes, makes sense. sense yeah it makes sense uh, right. and then he goes and gets help <laughs> like it he uh, he's amazing bring him back for scream seven <laughs> i was about to say he genuinely is a highlight of this like anytime he's on screen, yeah it's I'm a like, fun yeah, it's a fun performance and he just feels like he feels like a again this movie is like really absurd even compared to a lot of others so to have him just be kind of like kind of chill a guy <laughs> yeah. i'm like yeah it's the guy <laughs> right no i like simultaneously like it kind of like the ensemble kind of lacks tension because you like don't believe that any of the core four like would do it but like also you get like this really fun like charm of them like banding together <laughs> yeah it's kind of that thing and even even scream 2 has that issue as well mm. of the thing where they they don't want to make like you know randy wouldn't be the ghost face <laughs> in the sequel gail no. wouldn't be dewey wouldn't be like you have that thing where they have the core characters that they want to have mm-hmm. um so they they do an interesting job of reworking in new characters into the friend group to both be killed off and be suspect exactly but you have to increase the friend group by a pretty big size to make that work and as we mentioned they increase it by annika quinn and dream boy <laughs> i don't remember his name he looks like he looks like dream that's all i could go for <laughs> um and like again the two of them are not in the movie much and annika dies pretty early on yeah. and that's literally all they have besides apartment guy next door who also doesn't appear that much yeah and you you know it's not him it's not gonna be him yeah and that would be too that would be too basic yeah but like we have like the kirby red herring we have like maybe gail red herring question mark i don't i don't know maybe <laughs> yeah i don't um, know it's just this weird yeah, thing where like there's just not that many like oh it could be them you know <laughs> yeah they could have at least i don't know as much as i love the opening they could have maybe kept greg and jason around enough to like build up to their deaths a little bit that would have been yeah like that have been kind of fun clearly like do that thing where they would show like have them do the kill i think this would be fun have them like do the kill show that they're ghost face just like they do have them actually operate for a bit i was about to say we get one interaction between jason and tara have like have (laughs) like he's dead have like another kill like one that they didn't do but Mm -hmm. it's not told to us that they didn't do it and then have them get killed by the other ghost face that would be really cool (laughs) i don't know maybe (laughs) <laughs> just because it would build tension you'd have more characters i'm sure like again that actor is really fun i don't know who plays greg he's just a he's a severed head in the movie so right i couldn't i did not recognize that severed head <laughs> so i couldn't tell you if greg would be fun but jason would be fun to yeah. have in the movie longer and actually it would give like to some more people for them to interact with which i think again like five is part of the issue of this like scream is like a hangout movie Mm -hmm. you know they're all just kind of living their lives 
and and later scream movies too have this issue where like they just they're too prepared they're too they're too in the know about scream yeah to be able to live normal lives even four has that issue mm-hmm. where like the moment a ghost face killing happens like they they put everybody on lockdown yeah and just... it works well for what four's doing yeah. on the most part because it's like much more of like a straight horror movie mm-hmm. so they kind of do like a halloween-esque thing with it whereas in five and six they have movies set up like they should be like scream one and two where it's more just people hanging out and like going to school and stuff yeah but instead they don't have that there's no real scenes of anybody in school in five there's no we don't see a single college class <laughs> in six right there's not even like as much there's like a party but there's we get, there, we get it's like not one there very long party, yeah <laughs> so like it's just we don't have as much time as I would like to sit with these characters outside of being scared for their lives yeah. as I would like to where you don't have as many other people interacting with them normally because they instantly get closed off to everyone else because mm-hmm. they're scared. Yeah. And like it makes logical sense. And like you still get some fun scenes of like just them hanging out. But yeah, that that definitely is a problem. How isolated all of that stuff is or yeah. feels anyway. But still. I don't, I don't want to be too hard on this movie because, like, at the end of the day, I, don't, I always feel like, especially with the Scream movies, just because we're so, like, in deep with the Scream, <laughs> right. like, series we're at very this point, invested. that we sound like we are very harsh on these movies. <laughs> but I that's just because I like picking them apart a lot. I know the series really, really well fun at this to point, dissect. And they're just so much fun to, <laughs> yeah. to poke at and look at. But at the end of the day, this is just so fun to it's just fun. be in. Yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> It's 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 got a great pace. It's got good set pieces. It's got good characters. It's got fun kills. It's got a couple spooky scenes. Yeah. It's it's straight like back to back. There's only a couple scenes that I'm like, uh. Eh. <laughs> and that's mostly yeah. just like a couple monologues at the end. Exactly. And like literally outside of that, this is great. Yeah. No, like you said, there's some like weird like characterization stuff with Sam and like some weird ghost face motivation stuff that doesn't really work for me. But like, honestly, on the whole, I think it's pretty great. Like, it's a a pretty great. A lot of the difficulties that they run into are just difficulties that come with writing a sixth installment of Mm -hmm. a series, especially like this. Like Scream is such a unique series with how self-referential it is Mm -hmm. and how like just the way Scream movies work. So to have a Scream movie, very difficult to do, um, be like be like this and be this good is really impressive. Yeah, I would honestly say that it's like one of the better movies to come out this year. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think actually I had my year ranking pulled up earlier. Um, I think this landed. I don't remember if it's still in my top um, 10 for the Let's year or see. not. Let's see. I should see. This yeah. lands at number 14 for my year ranking, which I think is pretty respectable. Oh, no, it got kicked off, I think, um, in favor of Bottoms, mm. <laughs> which is funny. Which is, I think Bottoms <laughs> is better. Yeah. But yeah, no, Scream 4 is, is really fun. It, it was great time, to see yeah. in theaters. It was great to, we, we wore ghost face masks to yes. it. We, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> like this movie is just like, it's a good one. It's yeah. not a great one. It's not the best one. I mean, it is great, but I it's think not it's like. I think it's a great movie, it's but a great it's not movie. one of the better Scream sequels. Like yeah. they're, they're, 4 is better than this, 2 is better than this, arguably. Yeah. I would say, yeah, if I was ranking, which I mean, we yeah. have been, I would say obviously <laughs> Scream 
Scream 4, Scream 2, Scream 6, <laughs> Scream 5, Scream 3. Yeah, is how that's I a pretty fair directly ranking. ranked them. Um, <laughs> I would probably put 3 above 5. Yeah, which, <laughs> and again, like we said with 5, like if that's one of the worst ones, this is pretty You're great. You're doing good, yeah. And if Scream 6 is like middle of the road, that's a darn good middle of the road. <laughs> it's so much fun. I lo- it's, it's a blast. <laughs> and again, this one just feels fresh. It doesn't feel like it's getting caught up in, in old stuff. It doesn't... Like, it doesn't feel like it fully still knows what it wants to be. Because, again, the Ghostface stuff itself feels a little like they didn't have a great idea for it. But it still, as a a movie, feels fresh. It's a lot more, like, action thrillery than the franchise has ever been. And it honestly pulls it off pretty well. Yeah, so, I don't know. I loved what it was doing. I don't. I don't have. I don't think I have anything yeah, else no, to add. We've covered pretty much all of the my general thoughts about Scream Six. Like, aside from like writing a full essay about something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I gave it a uh, four out of five. Wow, we're in we're in perfect agreement, Micah. I, I also gave it a four out of five. Wow. Who could? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Uh, but yeah, uh, let's get into some of the other stuff we watched. Let's. So the What We Watch segment is a fun little thing we do at the end. We're doing it right now. And for those of you who are new to the podcast or have just never listened this far before, it's a fun thing where we talk about all of the movies we've seen since our last episode. We give brief ratings, brief thoughts, and we have fun. It's wow. so fun. Party Rock are is you in the house fun, tonight. Robbie? And I think our audience should have fun. <laughs> this time we're going from uh the 23rd on we ended our last episode our last episode was actually a whole what we watched because we were we were busy um (laughs) so we had to we didn't have a like a full movie planned so if you want to listen to that and hear a bunch of movie opinions go listen to that episode whoa but we're going 23rd on and i think yeah the first thing that we actually have is on the 25th we watched a lot less movies this week than normal yeah um, we were both pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what did we watch on the 25th, Remy? We watched a little little ditty called Army of Darkness <laughs> or Medieval Dead, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Trapped uh, in time, Remy. Surrounded by evil. Yeah. Low on gas. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, trilogy capper for Sam Raimi's Evil Dead series. Yeah, Army of cool. Darkness. <laughs> this, is such a, this is such a goofy film. It's... This one, even more so than Evil Dead 2, is like a straight-up, like, Looney Tunes cartoon kind of thing. Literally. I can't even believe they went for this. Like, can you imagine... I can't imagine. I honestly can't imagine. ...any other horror series doing this? Like, because the first one's, like, NC-17 and, like, really dark Mm -hmm. and, like, scary. Very suffocating. And very suffocating. And then the second one is like it's pretty darn goofy but it still is like not the most tonally it's, incoherent thing it's zany. From the first one yeah it's zany but it doesn't feel totally removed from the first one you know <laughs> which is the which is like a normal thing for i think a horror franchise to do to have yeah. different tones between your original and sequels mm-hmm. but then this one they <laughs> <laughs> they send them to medieval times they literally just made like a period like fish out of water uh comedy with like a bunch of pratfalls and like skeleton puppets exactly there's so <laughs> many skeleton puppets and like just goofy things the tiny ashish scene goes on right. for like seven minutes of just straight like comedy injuries oh my goodness it's so crazy they got they got their mileage out of that green screen dude my goodness it's so it's it's fun this is a really fun movie 
Yeah, um, we we watched the um, director's cut. Yeah, we watched the director's mistaken. cut. Uh, so we haven't seen the theatrical cut yet. We'll watch that sometime, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm definitely planning on rewatching. Because I've heard it. I've heard the finale is better in the theatrical cut from a couple people. But yeah, it's weird. I think Juliet uh, mentioned in her review that she wants like a weird hybrid cut of like the theatrical and the director's cut because like there's stuff that isn't in the theatrical that is in the director's and like vice versa yeah um but so. no it's 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 goofy i think bruce campbell is at his most interesting here <laughs> he's so much fun and so goofy and he's got so much to work with this really is the first time two is is definitely is but this is the first time we have like ash versus evil dead ash <laughs> like he is he is the same character as he is in ash versus evil dead in this yeah uh one of the people i follow chance on letterboxd um he mentioned in his review that like ash williams is like maybe sam raimi's greatest creation because he's like this weird like 50s adventure film yeah. protagonist but he's like uh, really sleazy and stuff too like yeah he's so he's such an interesting protagonist yeah, to such have a, like, for the yeah, series a really interesting um, protagonist. especially in ash versus evil dead and mm-hmm. what they do with his character arc there <laughs> i think that's cool but at the end of the day this is just a really fun really tight movie it's got really interesting set pieces cool effects Some funny moments effects, <laughs> and you know it's not like the most memorable in my opinion of any evil dead film it's definitely the least like halloween of any evil dead <laughs> film it's, it's got a foggy um graveyard that's halloweeny and it's got skeletons dude Robbie, it's like fantasy <laughs> skeletons and fantasy foggy graveyard it oh. does not give me halloween vibes but it's still really fun. I gave it a four out of five. Yeah. No, I, I mentioned in my review, I just really admire like them just honestly wholeheartedly yeah. pursuing this bit. <laughs> Again, who, who, who else, where else has ever something like this happened? Just following through on its cartoonish logic the whole way and just trying their best to do like uh, even the weirdest <laughs> concepts. Yeah, I was about to say it's still <laughs> like, or at least at any rate, because I mean, other horror franchises get real weird and yeah. do weird stuff. But this is like from the same director, <laughs> from the same writer in like the canon series it's so strange yeah it's... i just really have to admire it honestly <laughs> yeah cool film yeah i also gave it a four out of five i think it's great uh then Robbie, what did you watch on the 26th i watched uh mario bava's a bay of blood which was pretty good i would say <laughs> Um, or Twitch of the Death Nerve is like a more direct translation of its Italian title, which is a, maybe arguably a cooler title. <laughs> but yeah, Bay of Blood, it was a like prototype slasher. I seem to be watching a lot of those. Um, but it honestly kind of functions as like a Cabin in the Woods movie before cabins, like a Cabin in the Woods thing existed, really. Like that wasn't really a thing until like the 80s. Uh, And this came out in 71 and it honestly shares like a lot of the same plot DNA as like Friday the 13th, um, which is very strange. Wasn't arguably like one of the first cabin in the woods horror movies that won, uh, it's like something by the lake that came out in the sixties. We watched it. Oh, oh, um, yeah. What is the name of that movie? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it was like a Swedish film actually. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, no, Bay of Blood, um, one of the weaker Bava films I've seen, uh, like the character, like interpersonal drama and like it, it tries to play with like 
um, serial killer motives a lot. Like it, it does it like there's two sets of killers. There's people doing it for money and people doing it for like uh, a way to um, like cope with their trauma. And it tries to like draw a parallel between the two of them, like which one is more morally reprehensible kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it just is like not that interesting. <laughs> like it, it's more interesting on paper, I think, than it is actually watching it. Because they have to explain two, like uh, two sets of killers' backstories to you, while also like trying to be scary and engaging. I don't know. It just didn't fully work for me. It still has some cool kills. Um, I don't know. Cinematography's good. The staging is good. The effects are pretty cool. Someone takes like a weird cleaver thing to the face, and it looks awesome. Uh, but for a movie called Bay of Blood, there wasn't as much... Uh, there wasn't a whole Bay of yeah, Blood. Yeah, there wasn't a whole Bay of Blood. I'm honestly a little disappointed. <laughs> but there was a cool octopus. There's like two octopus is octopi. I don't octopi. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> I gave it a three out of five. Nice. On the 26th, I watched uh, The Wicker Man the for Wicker the first Man. time. Uh, another like, 70s movie, but it's a, this is like a staple of horror, I think. Yeah, no, you know? I, I was about to say, it's definitely, it's, it definitely has a cult following. A lot of yeah. people consider it like one of the best classic horror movies. Well, that and it kind of very much defined a very unique subgenre of horror that's that hasn't been touched on a ton until something recently like Midsummer. Yeah, Midsummer is a very clear riff on it. <laughs> I was about to say, not even just... Uh, the Witch is kind of in a similar vein, mm-hmm. too. Like more um, folksy horror. Yeah. But it's very interesting. This this movie is really, really weird. It's like one of the weirdest horror <laughs> movies I've seen just tonally. Um, it's really bizarre, but in just like the weirdest, I don't know, just the weirdest <laughs> ways. Because it, it does this really unique thing. I think Karsten mentioned it in his review for it at mm. one point. That like, you don't even feel that it's a very sinister movie until like the last 10 minutes. And then like the, the rest of the film feels ret- retroactively like really scary for some reason. Interesting. Like, because it's a very... There's a lot of weird, like, use of music in it. There are multiple musical numbers in the film. (laughs) And, like, just really, like, bizarre, strange stuff throughout the film that you don't quite know what even, like, the vibe is of the film. But, man, by that ending, it just, (laughs) it comes together to be something really, really cool and really pretty terrifying, in my opinion. I can totally see why this became a classic. It's doing something that like very few other horror movies I've ever seen is doing, especially with its very like bright aesthetic and everything. You know, there's not like shadowy killers stalking people <laughs> or anything. It's it's a much different vibe. Cool. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a really neat film. Yeah, I've been excited to watch it. It's been on my watch list for a little while now. It's not perfect, and there's like a scene I would skip, <laughs> mainly just because it's like weird and I don't know. <laughs> but it's a it's a neat film and i joked in my review that i that i i feel like it could technically qualify as a christian film <laughs> uh i gave it a four and a half out of five there you go uh later that day we went out to the theater yeah uh, in the dolby auditorium the nonetheless dolby, yeah <laughs> we watched in dolby um the new five, five nights at freddy's can you survive <laughs> Can you five sh- nights? Um, I guess we shouldn't spoil Five Nights at Freddy's in our weird little I feel like we, we should do an episode on yeah. this um, at some point. Uh, it's bad. I'll it's, say that. Um, I, I would hesitate to call it outright bad, it's but bad. it's not good. <laughs> it's bad. It's, it is not a good movie. It's just... <laughs> 
it has a good heart. It, 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 yeah. it has, again, it's very similar to the Mario movie, which we did an episode on, where mm-hmm. it has like a really strong heart. You can tell it was made from a place of love, but you can also tell <laughs> it had not a good director, not a good writer, and was completely butchered over multiple times. Yeah, I was about to say, we know that it changed, like, writers and directors, like, at least three or four times yeah, during its production. Yeah, it was like production. four or five. This thing has yeah. been in production for so long. Like, I, I, I completely <laughs> forgot about that, too, when I went and watched it. I, mm-hmm. I assumed it wasn't going to be very well written, but I forgot just how long it had been in production and yeah. how many different hands it had passed around to. It's just kind of a hacked-together screenplay. It is not really all that dramatically compelling or scary yeah it's not scary it's it's not scary at all which is really the big thing that i think (laughs) would have made this work even if it was poorly written if it was just scary then it would be good but it is like it is the least scary PG-13 horror movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's barely a horror movie. It's more just like a thriller. It's a mystery Barely thriller. even a thriller. Yeah. Like, it it doesn't follow the story or structure to make it that thrilling of a story. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, it is well, a, like, like, it's a but, mystery thriller by definition. But, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> kind of a lame movie. It is. A lot of people were, like, feels feels like a fan film. <laughs> and it totally, it does feel like the biggest budget fan film you'll ever see. Yeah, I, I mentioned in my review, and I keep saying this when people ask me what I think of it. It's, it's like, the most boring version of the five nights at freddy's movie i can imagine like it's not uh, aggressively awful like in a fun way and it's not good (laughs) it's like it's not scary i think i think actually saying that it feels like a fan film is a great way to put it it feels like a film made made with passion made with passion and love but completely like they had no idea complete fumbling of what to say they did know what to do with it (laughs) or the production didn't go smoothly and it just does not turn into anything good yeah Two out of five. From Two me. out of five from me as well. But I saw it in Dolby. That was that was cool. Yeah. Uh, did you? No, okay. I it. watched something on the twenty eighth, uh, which you you caught like the back half of. Uh, but I watched the Pit and the Pendulum per my grandma's recommendation. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty cool. It was my I don't know fourth no fifth Roger Corman film. Um, and it's probably my favorite of his that I've seen so far. It's got a lot of like really good gothic atmosphere and like set design and costuming and everything. It looks great. I, that's like one of the biggest things you can praise about it. Uh, but I, I generally like the performances and like, I think the atmosphere works pretty well. Honestly, it's a pretty like stripped back movie in a lot of respects, but I think for what it is, uh, it's pretty well directed. Uh, Vincent Price is really fun. And I like the way it looks. Like I don't know. It, it cool. handles it handles the poetic nature of the text pretty well too. Like it feels like a kind of literary movie, which is it's a fun vibe. I liked it. I nice. gave it a three out of five. Nice, very cool. <laughs> On the 29th, I watched because I twenty to the 29th, uh, I kind of did like my essentially Halloween celebration with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and we went to a farm and we hung out all day and painted <laughs> pumpkins, and that was all fun. And after we finished up painting our pumpkins. Um, she had never seen The Witch. And <laughs> Just was, after you guys finished. <laughs> well, not like she, like we she had, had seen it before. We then. had talked earlier, like somehow it came up in conversation yeah. that she hadn't seen The Witch. 
And I was like, oh, man, you haven't seen The Witch? We should watch The Witch. Um, and she movie. was like, yeah, let's watch The Witch. And we watched The Witch. Wow. Um, Robert Eggers <laughs> is is what I would consider one of my favorite, like, modern directors working. Um, and, yeah, I think The Witch is a really, really interesting movie. It's not, like... It's not overtly scary in many ways. It's scary, dude. And it's got such a weird, it's got such a weird vibe. It does. But it does that that really unique thing that Robert Eggers does where it just does not pull any of its punches. It's constantly like a, it's like slamming you against the wall over and over and over again. And in this instance, it's like really especially bleak and dark. Right. And it's got like so much like trauma rooted in it. And like, it, it's, it's a crazy movie. It makes the catharsis of the end work extremely well and i think it's it's got a little bit of a pacing issue it does i honestly think it's a little too long yeah which is like <laughs> it, you know it's 92 minutes and it's a little too long that's 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 interesting i, I could think this see, could have been like a cool like 80 minutes yeah i was about to say i could see like a 75 or 80 minute cut of the witch being just fine <laughs> yeah like just i i think i think all the better for it because yeah. i think it, it kind of lingers a little too long on certain things but there are some genuinely really gripping scenes in this and i think yes. the performances are fantastic <laughs> especially from uh Obviously, Anya Taylor-Joy, but uh, Harvey Scrimshaw. Yes. He's so good Dude, as he's Caleb. he's the best in that And movie. he hasn't been in much else. <laughs> he should be in more cast him and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Love me some Robert Eggers. It was a cool, like, it was a good spooky movie to watch. Um, I gave it a four <laughs> out of five. Very cool. It's a very cool movie, I say. <laughs> well, <laughs> while you were watching The Witch... I sat down on the 29th and watched a film called Mr. Creep, Ooh. directed by Isaac Rodriguez, which for those not uh, in the know, for those not in the know, Isaac Rodriguez is an independent uh, film director who makes like these really small budget horror films. And I am a very big fan. <laughs> if you are listening right now, <laughs> Isaac Rodriguez, I love your movies. <laughs> Keep making them, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like stuff like uh, Deadware and The Stream are like two of my favorite horror movies. Um, and he worked on those. And I'm trying to work through all of his uh, catalog. So I turned on Mr. Creep. Uh, and it was pretty good, honestly. Like I was, I was pleasantly surprised because like, it's uh, it's about a serial killer who like has a clown mask or whatever like burned onto his face and i'm like oh this is probably gonna be really lame uh but it actually had like some interesting commentary not like super revolutionary or anything but it had some interesting commentary on true crime and the way um like serial killers can become immortalized in like the general populace that sort of thing yeah um so that was cool uh i liked the performances a lot uh, there was one person in particular, I'm trying to remember, uh, Sheila Payne. She is really good in this movie. <laughs> like, honestly, one of my favorite characters in any of Isaac Rodriguez's uh, things. Uh, she's awesome. I need to see her in more movies. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we still have, like, a bunch of his regular, like, usual suspects. Like, um, you know, just general cast people he works with a lot. And I always like seeing them again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was cool. Uh, it's a little heavy-handed, but it was fun. I think it's generally pretty scary, and I liked it a lot. So <laughs> I gave it a three out of five. Nice. Very fun. Uh, well, speaking of low-budget horror movies, hey. um, the next day on, I think, what is that, like the 30th, 29th? Yeah, I, no, this well, was I watched on, that on this the was on the, Yeah, so this was on the 30th. Yeah. I watched 
uh, Cthulhu, the Whoa. 29, or not 20, 2007, there's a different one, that's 2019, 2007. Uh, 2007 Cthulhu, <laughs> um, which is a really interesting film. I really, really admire what it's doing as a Lovecraft adaptation. I think it's got a great idea. It does a really interesting thing where it like takes that kind of tension that revolves in most Lovecraft stories that was like essentially rooted in racism mm-hmm. of... Uh, you know, Lovecraft writing from a perspective of, like, all of these unknown people around him being, like, hostile towards him. And exactly, yeah. Thinking they're scary. <laughs> and, like, adapts that from, you know, the kind of racist roots it comes from. The kind of racist. Um, okay, very well, racist. Very racist. I was just saying, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not kind of racist in that grammar, <laughs> grammatical sense. Yes, yeah. Um, but adapts it into a really interesting, like, uh, LGBTQ thing. Where instead of our main character being a racist man, he's a gay man. <laughs> and I think that's a really kind of brilliant way to... Tra- what's the right word? Um, like translate it? I don't know. Not translate, like... like uh, transpose. Transpose. <laughs> that's, not, more, not, that's more not accurate, but I know that's not what not you're Not technically. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, essentially, a, a, it's kind of it. a beautiful thing to do, I think, with his work. And it works really, really well having it makes you actually root for the main character of a lovecraft story <laughs> which is not always the case right. uh, with lovecraft's work but unfortunately beyond like that really really great premise and i think a pretty decent main performance this thing is just super amateur and low budget <laughs> it's got some fun ideas it's got some cool scenes it's got a bunch of little salamander guys that are all like Bleh. yeah and they're very cute and and a little creepy i love salamanders um, they're very yeah love that <laughs> but it's just it's just not it's not as fleshed out as it can be it's really it's really swinging for the fences in a lot of ways and i admire the heck out of it for that especially with what it's trying to do but ultimately it's just like fine um one of the big issues i think i have with it especially is that its audio is is pretty poorly like recorded (sighs) that's a shame it sounds super echoey the whole movie and like man it's yeah that'll drag any movie down yeah it's not great but it's I, i really admire for it for what it's doing i wish we had like a, a remake of it or something with like a higher budget <laughs> mm, yeah but yeah cool film i gave it a three out of five nice on the 30th i watched a little film called phantom of the mall eric's revenge phantom of the megaplex robbie no it's not phantom of the megaplex <laughs> i i think it's so funny that it's called phantom of the mall eric's revenge instead of just phantom at the mall they or really, phantom of the mall because really it sounds like eric's a sequel. revenge it yeah. sounds like a sequel are you sure it's not <laughs> no yeah it, it's literally not a sequel it's not related it's a to remake anything. maybe no <laughs> i don't i don't know why it's called that <laughs> i mean eric does get revenge like that's the whole movie but like <laughs> why is it called that <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's like a fun little like late 80s uh, slasher film, uh, very much like the last breath of like classical slashers. Um, so it has like a bunch of tropes and like a bunch of weird 80s tropes, too. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I liked the kills a lot. Uh, I wish they'd played up the, like, Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> like, thing a little more. Like, they have the romance and everything, and, like, he burned his face. He has to wear, like, one. he, like, cuts one of the mannequins apart and, like, wears it as a mask. <laughs> and, like, that's cool, but I wanted him to, like, play the organ or something, you know? <laughs> Is that too much to ask? 
Maybe. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, but like, it doesn't really move much beyond that. It's functional as a slasher. Uh, it has some interesting-ish like kills. Um, but really, it's not all that revolutionary or uh, like anything like that. It's exactly what it says on the tin. It's Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. <laughs> uh, and it was fun. I had a good time with it. So oh, I nice. gave it a three out of five. Very, very cool. Yeah. On the 30th, last thing I watched before Scream 6, this l- last night... I watched Possession for the first time, Hey-o. 1981 Possession. At the very least, a letterboxed classic. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, a letterboxed <laughs> classic, a cult classic, to be sure. Yes. Um, it was so good. I was really, <laughs> I, I, I knew I would like it. Everything, I take Possession. Is everything <laughs> I had seen about it was very much up my alley. Yeah. And I, yeah, I love what it's doing. I, I think it's so crazy that, like... I watched Jurassic Park when I was younger, and I was like, I really like the Sam like Neill guy. Sam Neill guy. And now, like, seeing <laughs> yeah. him and stuff like In the Mouth of Madness, Possession, Until the End he's of the World, actor, and stuff man. like that, I'm like, this is he's he's the best. I love Sam. <laughs> he's got Neill. such a unique charisma and like presence on screen. Yeah, and seeing him in this early of a movie, seeing him this young, is so interesting because he looks like I saw somebody put it that this is like a bunch of like vaguely like they're really like technically like pretty people mm-hmm. but there's like something vaguely off-putting <laughs> about how all of them look in this movie and like yeah. i don't know how they achieved that like sam neil i look at him i'm like something's not quite right about him <laughs> that's good that's a good makeup department or a good lighting department yeah both. <laughs> well dude the cinematography in this movie is crazy it's going like there's constantly like these sweeping fast shots going all over that's awesome and then dude. it will and then it will consistently like go to these incredibly tight super hard hard focused shots on people's faces i need to watch as they're like as they're waxing poetically about like being possessed essentially (laughs) by a squid monster it's so cool it's it's really it handles its themes really well i was worried it would be like i don't know because it's a movie that revolves around like sexual themes so i was worried it would be like exploitative very exploitative and voyeuristic but it's not at all really it's very much it leans away from a lot of that it doesn't linger on anything um which i think is really personally cool (laughs) makes me want to like makes me a lot more yeah. yeah happy to engage with the film and yeah i mean obviously everybody always play praises isabel uh, and Adani, a Johnny, I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah, that's, I think that's right. Um, her performance is is incredible. Um, <laughs> she's really good in Nosferatu as well. Yeah, I need to um, watch both of those. Actually. But yeah, she's she's incredible in this. There's so many like all time scenes, lines, things like this is just an impeccably well done film. And I know it's probably just because it came out around the same time and if i'm not mistaken this is a french produced film as well yeah french mm-hmm. and germany but it reminds me a lot of the three colors trilogy which are <laughs> france and germany produced yeah, yeah. films from around the same time but like in looks and everything it looks very similar to the three colors trilogy as well <laughs> mike is like i've only seen the three colors trilogy watching possession <laughs> getting a lot of three literally vibes from literally <laughs> but it's a, yeah possession was great it reminded me a lot of like hellraiser but just like better and like a little bit <laughs> more 
a little bit less again like uh, hellboy or not hellboy hellraiser <laughs> is like really weird in a lot of ways and i, I mean, think this is this has like an outstanding screenplay hellraiser was like a like a debut right like that was that guy's like first i think so it's like gig pra- it's, it's one of his only gig. it's one of his only yeah. films he's even directed so it wouldn't surprise me whereas, if it's a bit amateurish <laughs> i was about to say whereas this guy's a pretty seasoned director yeah, in no, his weird very well-known director very weird film students abstract anyway. stuff that he does yeah so yeah cool film i gave it a five out of five very nice uh i I think the next thing i logged yeah on the 31st was son of gulag not son of gulag i'm giving it a shout out give it the shout i'm giving it we've been going for so long it is a feature length it's so long episode (laughs) it's not a film ruby it's a gulag okay so this is you guys know like those um fireplace videos this is essentially a jack-o'-lantern version of that and the streaming service shutter has been producing these like every year uh, on and off for a while now and this is the one for 2023 and it's really good and cool and you should go watch it it's a ghoul log it's the ghoul log micah it's so awesome it's so i don't know especially the like ones set in neighborhoods like the very first one and this one son of gulag are both set in like a neighborhood during halloween and they just they capture the vibe of it so well. I don't like I know it's kind of a low bar. Like it's literally just a pumpkin sitting there with a candle in it and like a cat walks by once. Um, but like, I don't know. It's a very cozy, a cozy ambient film, not groundbreaking. Um, there are much more ambitious and cool entries in the Gulag franchise. <laughs> but I I do like this one. Son of Gulag gets a three out of five from me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we watched Scream 6. Yeah, we watched Scream 6 this morning. We <laughs> This Halloween morn. This is our first time in a while that we were like actually recording a whole episode on the day it's supposed to come out. So. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Morning episode. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys have a fun and safe Halloween. A happy Halloween, Rebby. A spooky Halloween. A spooky Halloween. Go a watch a scary candy movie. filled Halloween. Or if you're not a up for a scary, scary movie, movie, just go watch like Halloween. a Scooby Doo movie or something. Yeah, well Scooby yeah. Watch <laughs> watch Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Uh watch Coraline. Watch Ooh. Scream. Uh if you're up for it, watch Dracula, Bram Stoker's Ooh. Dracula. Watch Nosferatu. Pair I mean, those as a double feature. The Shining. That's a that's a it's not a that's not a, it's Halloween, not a Halloween movie. movie Boo. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> Uh yeah. Go watch a cool movie. A spooky movie. Yeah. Happy Halloween. For, thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye bye.